There's the notes. Oh, did you like my text? Uh, the uh, students. Paper. Yeah, that was great. Mac. Mac. <laughs> I saw it. I was, it was. This, it wasn't one of my students. I was. Uh, it was a student from next door that needed to take a test, and so he was taking it in my class, and uh, and yeah, and he he gave it to me, and I was going to give it back to the teacher, and I looked down, and I just started laughing out loud. Mac. <laughs> All my students were like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, never mind, but hang on. I need to take a picture of this and send it to my friend. <laughs> Looked at me like I was crazy. Mac! Mac. Oh, if I ever had a student in my class named Mac, Mac. oh my God. Oh, yeah. That'd be the, that, that poor kid. That poor kid. He's like, for some reason, my teacher just always yelled my name. Mac! <laughs> Every time yeah. he raised his hand. I, I mean, I have a couple Dylans. I'm always Dylan. saying Dylan in the hallway or in the classroom. Dylan! 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 Oh my god, yeah, Dylan. I don't have any Dylans this year. Dang. Dylan! Uh, but man, if there's a kid named Mac, like every time I'd call on him. <laughs> every time he rose, he raised his hand, like I would always call on or him. Or he just had the sound bite, sound bite ready. Mac! Mac! <laughs> They'd run over right. the computer. Mac! Mac! <laughs> Mac! Mac! Play the long one. Mac! 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 <laughs> what? Oh, that poor kid. Oh, poor kid. Mac! Name Mac. Or, you know, Lucky Kid. Lucky yeah. Kid, yeah. Mac! Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci fi spooky classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And today we're talking minute 38 of Predator, the Rick Aguilera of minutes. Oh, you really <laughs> you pulled that, that one is? out. No, I don't. <laughs> he's, he's a pitcher who wore number 38 at one point with uh, Eric Deutsch's favorite team, former oh. guest of the show. Shout out, Eric Deutsch. It's all bullshit. Hey, Wait, friend, was, friend, friend of, of the, the show. show. Friend of the there show. Who was, who, was his, uh, who was his favorite team? I th- well, he's a New York guy, and he's more of a Mets guy versus a Yankees guy. There's a steep divide between right. those two fan bases. Up the middle, kick save. Aguilera, can he make the play? Yes! So this is a Mets pitcher. I'm... You're you're exposing <laughs> you're exposing my ignorance here, John. I don't know anything about baseball. Yeah, it's as, a Mets pitcher, and coincidentally, it's uh, Christina Aguilera's dad. Oh, what? No, just kidding. That would be great. <laughs> oh man, you you totally had me. I completely believed you at that moment. He's a genie in a bottle. <laughs> you gotta rub him the right way. <laughs> what is Adam still here? Oh, oh. oh man, I was uh, editing that episode and um and now it's all ready to just add music and then publish but <laughs> yeah we definitely went hard r in that, in that <laughs> podcast uh adam will be pleased to know that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um, yeah. Was, that was that the most famous uh number 38 or, or just uh, the one your like your favorite 38 of note oh i just i didn't have a 38 in mind so i just went to um mm. new york mets number 38 because i know Eric's the Mets fan. Nice. There you go, Eric. You're welcome. Well, what do we, what do we got here in 38? Oh, I'm glad you asked, hey. Jeff. Uh, hey, minute 38 opens with Blaine saying, you lose it here. You lose it here. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. And ends with Hawkins following Billy down the hill. Yeah, so our conversation uh, finishes 
mm-hmm. between uh, Mac and Blaine. Mac! 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 Um, and so, the, yeah, just short, uh, he, you know, Blaine just says, uh, you lose it here, you're in a world of hurt. Assuming, like, if you lose your mind, if you lose your way, do you, is that what you uh, take from that sentence? Yeah, I, I, I initially took it as mental if you lose your, your mind. Stability. But I like, yeah, I really yeah. like your take about direction. It, you know, could have double meanings, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is uh, a little bit of foreshadowing into our, our favorite character, Mac, isn't it? Mac! 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 <laughs> <laughs> because he's the one that famously later on does kind of lose it mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A so. couple times. You could argue he loses it when Blaine is, is gone. You could argue when he's just shaving in the jungle, staring at nothing. And oh, yeah. Arnold has to give a, a, a nice quiet slash loud Mac and he breaks the razor on his face. Right, right. And then, of course, most famously, when he just runs after the predator, after the trap has been sprung, and he's singing to himself the lyrics to Long Tall Sally. I'm going to have me some fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, also mistaking uh, the the pig for uh, yeah. a bad guy, right? When mm-hmm. he does that, that's, that's a pretty big moment where he's kind of, yeah, we see sort of a slow... Uh, de-evolution of his mind don't we in this next uh, section of the film it's that's a good little kind of character twist I like that because he's so stoic and steadfast in the first part of the movie that it's of all the characters you you don't expect at least I didn't when I very first saw this movie way back when didn't expect that it would be Mac that would lose it first Mac yeah Yeah. it's uh, if we're looking at this scene and then we know what happens later with Blaine. It's it's almost a, in a way that Blaine is keeping him hinged. He's keeping yeah. Mac, Mac calm and connected to the real world and the situation and the mission. Yeah. So uh, the only other thing of note about this uh, end of their conversation is our our predator music is is our team music is kind of thumping along in the background, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah, is the, nice. the predator theme, which I think I've convinced you that is more indicative of when the team is moving mm-hmm. and the, the predator is more the drum the tribal kind of music all right so should we move on to the next section this is really what most of this minute is about yeah most of this minute is introducing us uh, in a different way to anna our new team member as she is fighting back a little bit to the best of her ability let's be honest for right now uh, against captivity against dylan yeah what do you think about her plan here <laughs> <laughs> i think it's hilarious and i also think that <laughs> i also think that um for some reason she knows how much dylan needs her uh, as an excuse for the mission uh, to yeah. call the mission a success so there's there's as as much as her plan sucks which is throw leaves in dylan's face and then run away <laughs> there, I don't think there's anything Dylan can do. I don't think Dylan's in any position to tie her up anymore because that would make it really hard for her to move. And he's not in a position to wound her, to to really put the hurt on her because then she's not going to, right? She's going to slow down the whole team and he's going to be left behind. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually think she had a good start to this plan, but she <laughs> makes a bad decision halfway through because... She falls down, kind of plays dead, right? Like she's passing out from heat exhaustion or something. And Dylan has to uh, kind of bend down and, and shake her and be like, what's going on? Hey, get up, get up. Come on, sweetheart. Stop sandbagging it. Now get up. 
Come on, get up. Would you get up? I think if she had just played dead and not moved for a little while. <laughs> for no, a long time. Like, well, just long enough that he would have been like, ah, damn it. He would have had to go find someone, get some help. Like, hey, what do we do? She's passed out right here. You need to help me carry her somewhere, or help me wake her up or something. I think she could have gotten a moment where he had to walk away for a moment. Mm. And then she could have, you know, had a little more of a head start and gotten up and run away. But instead, she waits till he bends down. It's like the exact opposite. She waits until he's as close to her as possible. And instead of trying to grab his gun or do anything like that, just throws leaves in his face, which doesn't really do anything, and then tries to run away. It's really a terrible plan uh, in the second part of her, her little escape plan, I guess. Just to talk about the, the shot here, when she's lying on her back and she does the throw leaves in his face as soon as he turns her over, um, it, it's very reminiscent to me of, a lot of other horror movies when Mm. you're turning over the bad guy and you think you killed the bad guy and the bad guy's still alive or the bad guy opens the eyes or lunges for the person. So it was an interesting little take there that just like we're talking about, doesn't really seem to go anywhere. Yeah. It's like the famous false ending, right? Like you think the the bad guy's dead and the movie's over and then yeah, Yeah. right. And in this case, it's someone who's not very much a bad guy (laughs) and and, in the team's eyes or in our eyes, it's just someone who happened to be right caught in the wrong situation, possibly. Yeah. But <laughs> I was thinking maybe another method is when he's trying to pull her up. You know how like when you're trying to pick up your little toddler kids, they like <laughs> they don't want to be picked up. They do like the right. arm straight in the air thing, and you can't really pick them up, or they, yeah. they somehow like feel like sandbags in your hands, and like they just <laughs> you can't pick them up very easily. You can't <laughs> get your funny. hands underneath their shoulders or their. <laughs> she just kept do. She just kept lifting her arm, and he kept like <laughs> slipping his grip. Like, come on, stop playing games. Come on, <laughs> and that's just is going on. Come on, sweetheart, stop sandbagging it now. Get up. Come on, get up. Would you get up? Go to your uh, room. <laughs> go to your room. But the way she splashes the leaves in his face, is it's hilarious to me. And his reaction, Dylan just turns away, holding his face like he's just been sprayed in the face with pepper spray. Total yeah. overreaction. I love it. Total overreaction. It, it reminds me of uh, a naked gun. When uh, the guy is trying to kill Nordberg in the hospital room and Drebin breaks into the room and the bad guy throws the pillow at Drebin's face. And Drebin holds the pillow against his face and is going, Like it's incapacitating him somehow. That's exactly what this reminds me of. Like it's just leaves, you know, ex special forces member. Oh my god. I love the naked gun movies so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a side sidetrack. That's a nostalgic uh those are nostalgic movies for me. Like they I feel like they played endlessly on like daytime HBO when I was yeah. Like old enough to stay home, or old enough to be home by myself, but still kind of like young, like maybe 12, 13, <laughs> like in the summertime when I'm home and there's no school. And we mm-hmm. had HBO. And I just remember that those movies being on all the time. Mm-hmm. And I would always, if it was on, I was watching them. <laughs> God, those, are, those are so good. So, so good. good. Uh, yeah. It's, it's every once in a while, I'll just pull up like a best funny moments of Leslie Nielsen <laughs> and most of his funny moments are from that trilogy and oh, yeah. there, there's some really good ones uh one of my favorites is when he parks the car on a hill but he doesn't set the parking brake and he hops out and then the car is coming towards him as he's walking into the station and someone says car and he jumps out of the way not knowing it's it's, it's his car <laughs> that's rolling down the hill and he 
hops back up and shoots a couple of bullets into the car <laughs> and like it explodes and the airbag goes off <laughs> and, and he's asking the crowd did anybody catch a license plate number and it, it, it kind of swerves off down the street and then he has this look on his face a little bit like uh, i think that was my car before just <laughs> walking away anybody catch a license plate anybody get a look at the driver uh take the names of everybody here for questioning uh I gotta get uh, inside. Oh my god, those movies! I think yeah. it, I think it might be two and a half. The the opening scene of two and a half when he's climbing along the like outside of a building. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's just that's just in the first one. That's the first that's, one. That's the first movie. And he grabs the statue. Yeah, he grabs the statue. <laughs> and the statue smiles. <laughs> <laughs> And then he, he climbs into that room and like everything he does like destroys the room. Like he sets it on fire and Right. <laughs> just I can't I can't describe that sequence in words, but it is like one of the great like physical comedic performances that mm-hmm. that scene is. Oh my god. Right. Oh, and you man. have to you have to have that lens on while you watch Carl Weathers react to being hit in the face with the leaves it's just 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 focus on his reaction in the background especially he's like still struggling like as she makes her way oh yeah you're right he's like oh leaves are all over me dear god it takes him a good five or six seconds to work all the leaves and the dirt out then he's he's right behind her yanking her poisonous leaves poisonous leaves okay so she she makes it all of five feet and then ponchito is waiting there straddling a log over her yeah you know very very I don't know, in a very sexualized manner from his position, from our viewpoint, he's holding a gun between his legs towards her face. Yeah. And he says, Nilo intentes, which means don't even try it, which uh, is called, it says don't even try it in the original script. It's in English. And Mm. then Dylan says in Spanish, try it again, please. So they switch that around to make Panchito, the native Spanish speaker or the Spanish speaker of the group saying, Mm. uh, Nilo intentes, don't even try it. Nilo intentes. Maybe you better put her on a leash, Agent Man. <laughs> Maybe you better put her on a leash, Agent Man. <laughs> well, yeah, Oof. so we get a little, kind of a little visual sexism there with uh, Poncho standing like that with his gun kind of between <laughs> his legs. Yeah. And, and right before that, Dylan, Dylan threw a little out with, uh, you know, come on, sweetheart, stop sandbagging it. Yeah. Um, he got a nice little sweetheart in there. Yeah, a little sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Cla- classic 80s. Right. <laughs> Mild misogyny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she doesn't get very far. Pancho uh, saves the day. And, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 then they're off down the trail again. Yeah, and I made the note here that Dylan, like any good... Dylan! 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 Uh, parent or like a bad parent or bad teacher he doesn't do anything to try to stop this future behavior he just says try it again please try it again please right and i already talked about before he knows he can't really do anything to her she knows he can't do anything to her so it's it's really meaningless talk he doesn't do anything extra to let leverage a situation in his favor it's simply do what i say and then nothing has changed does i don't you know who knows if that actually comes back back to bite the team in the butt later on Um, i'm hoping not but at the same time if he's not doing anything here you know you're just gonna uh lose the what's the word i'm looking for lose the respect of your prisoner yeah leverage yeah leverage 
I guess I I mean the only leverage I I feel like the team has is that I mean it's it's kind of the the darkest option but like she's not completely necessary. She might be thinking in the back of her mind, well, they could just kill me and leave me right. here in the jungle. Right. You know, if they're serious about keeping her alive and bringing her along, then yeah, like they don't have a lot of leverage because they need her to be able to move. So mm-hmm. they can't hurt her. They, you're right. They can't really bind her because she needs to be able to walk. But, you know, maybe in the back of her head, there is still that thought. Well, you know, I guess if they get tired of me, they could just leave me here in the jungle. That mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think of that is any leverage they have over her. I mean, maybe there's a fear of being shot at <clears throat> times, but anytime she's on the run or in this minute or future minutes, someone has a weapon either trained on her or ready to be trained on her. So... Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting that that choice that she's ready to escape and that must speak to her character, whatever characteristic you want to call that, whether that's um, an unwillingness to be captive. Uh, it's a will. It's a willfulness. It's wanting to be free. It's a feistiness. It's um, just a, a never going to give upness. Yeah. So we're learning about her that character is- right here. Yeah, that is kind of her defining characteristic so, so far, isn't it? That she's yeah. just you know, a survivor, a, a bit feisty. What do you know? Did you do research on this actress? Has she been in other things? Uh, this is El Padilla Carrillo. And yeah, we spoke about her here. Let me actually have like, a Oh, you're of... right. Sorry. You can cut. Oh, that. It's we, did, we did talk about her back when, during her first appearance, didn't we? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not even during her, maybe not during her first appearance, but definitely when the credits rolled for her here, I'll just bring it up real quick. Oh, Okay. <laughs> My back in the early days of Predator Podcast. Back in the early Predator days Minute. of Predator Podcast, Predator Minute. Yeah, so she has been, I was going to say, she's been a Mexican actress. <laughs> she, no, she's been a Mexican Mexican actress all her life. But uh, she, uh, she's from Mexico. She's acted for many, many, many years. Um, in this movie, she's fairly young. She's 26 years old. And mm. she has been in various TV shows and movies since then. Some of the more famous appearances were in Pretender, 21 Jump Street, ER, Miami Vice, Madam Secretary, Mentalist, and Nashville. Yeah. And So mostly TV. Yeah. yeah. What I've heard, yeah, she's a good actress mm-hmm. who's still kicking around TV roles. She does a good job here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, she she's convincing. Good performance. Yeah. yeah. And being one of the last survivors, spoiler alert, she really has a lot more to carry as a character, um, both on an emotional level and carrying it as a physical toll uh, throughout her scenes because the team is going to start dropping one by one and Arnold and her are going to be left behind to tell the tale of how they survived. And she has to do a good good job selling that role and selling that experience, uh, not just in her words, but also, or especially physically and in, in, in the face acting she does. I think she does great. Yeah. She's yeah. Cause a lot of her acting is um, uh, nonverbal, right? Cause mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's just kind of, uh, you know, she's doesn't speak the same language as the, as the group. So she does a really good job of that. Like, that we know of so far. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So far in the movie. Right. Spoiler alert. Spoiler So yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> let's definitely keep an eye on Anna yeah. and uh, the actor, El Padilla, as the movie goes on because she she might oh. be a, a sleeper MVP uh, of the second or third act of the movie. Act. Act. Matt. I guess just I guess just second act. Let's just go with second act because now I'm thinking the third act. No, right. she, nobody else is in the third act except for right. uh, Dutch and 
the predator. What was that bell back there? Are you having a Zen moment? <laughs> <laughs> Are you raking your sand garden? What's going on? I, I wish. <laughs> uh, no, my wife. My wife. My wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. Her cell phone is charging right here, and uh, you got it, a little bling. Yeah, all the all the little texts are popping through as it powered back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. I, so, are we done with that section? Should we? Uh... I think so, because when I was looking for how to escort non-wounded walking prisoners of war, oh yeah, yeah, it didn't. Uh, what I was really looking for was how do you do so in a manner that contains the prisoner from escaping, from keeping them from making too much noise and giving away your position any chance she gets. There's there's really nothing in it um, in the troop detail information for escorts, um, as in right, escorting the prisoner from one place to another. All, all it says is that troops that are detailed as escorts uh, should prevent escapes uh, and prevent prisoners from discarding or destroying any insignia or documents not taken. Mm-hmm. So it's it's there's nothing really specific about how to do it, which I was really looking for. Um, and this information comes from Department of the Army Field Manual, 1952. Yeah, I like I like the paragraph in here where it says, "Prevent anyone from giving prisoners food, drink, or cigarettes prior mm. to interrogation." Yeah. Why is okay. that? Oh, it says, "As such, act does not violate any requirement concerning the treatment of prisoners of war." Hmm. Mm. But only prior to interrogation. Yeah. yeah. So Why is that? Do you think? Well, like get them in a state where they are hungry, thirsty, and want to smoke, and maybe they'll be more willing to give you information. Smoke. Oh, okay. And that's, that must be what the second part means. It says yeah. such an such act does not violate any requirement concerning the treatment, of, as in keeping these things away is not violating any requirement right. because right. we know that, right, okay, putting them in such a weakened state is going to make them easier to interrogate. interrogate. That is, yeah. ooh, that's some dark stuff just kind of yeah, slid is. in there. Yeah, just kind of like paragraph B, section <laughs> two or three <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Man. And this is a document from the 50s. Holy yeah. cow. All right. So we get uh, a really good kind of like shot of Billy, like a very masculine uh macho shot of billy don't we walking down the hill he comes right up to the camera and does this kind of cool like flip with his gun and then stares off uh camera left mm-hmm. um kind of like if you pause it right there you know it looks like it could be like a baseball card for this movie you know for his character oh totally yeah <laughs> yeah like a little hero shot right there <laughs> oh yeah so i like the way he snaps his m16 as soon as he hits the bottom of the hill he realizes oh my m16 is encroaching too much on the frame i have to snap it out of the way yeah he snaps it, it out holds it, it totally to snaps side. like a, a vine or something out of the way he does yeah it. yeah he just holds that pose for a minute and the camera just lingers on him <laughs> oh he totally does yeah when he when he snaps that barrel just watch that again he's totally moving that vine out of his way out of the viewpoint because that's at the first, coolest the, vine move i've ever seen almost as cool as that vine move where he drank all that water out of that vine. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was too milky though. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> so milky, yeah. So milky. No, I don't want vine milk. Gross. <laughs> Leave that to the uh, the hipsters down at uh, the Whole Foods. Let them buy the vine milk. Mm, I love some Whole Foods. Okay. <laughs> so go on. Sorry, I interrupted as you're moving. No, that here. was all I really had to say about this section. I mean, after he does his little hero shot here, we just get a camera shot from the back as he's back uh, 
back. back. As he's just walking away from the camera uh, further along down the trail. And uh, we get a quick shot of Hawkins coming behind him, but then the minute ends and that's all we get there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just a little interesting kind of liminal space, the space between moments here in this movie. You have him moving at least at the end of this minute. It appears like he's more carefully making his way through uh, the brush, through the undergrowth, and maybe about to enter a more clear, more of a clearing, or more of an opening here in the jungle. Mm. And I, I do like the camera in the back because last time we saw that, it was him about to leave the jungle or about to leave the rebel camp if you remember when the the camera was following him and then it yes. paused when he paused yes. yeah and he sensed something so maybe that's about to happen again where he's going to sense something just with his extra special billy senses <laughs> uh i'm i'm excited to get into the next section of this movie um it's i feel like we've had way too long since we've had a kill I'm, we, yeah. we, we need another death <laughs> our last kill was a scorpion <laughs> yeah right yeah poor scorpion that was a real kill so there's yeah. that yeah, yeah the, the one real kill of the movie was that poor scorpion little yeah. scorpio little scorpy little scorpy little yeah, scorpy little, little scorpy little smoky <laughs> i liked in the last minute how you kind of did a little um vignette of all of our fallen soldiers <laughs> little smoky red baron <laughs> Juan Valdez. Juan Valdez. <laughs> I'll never forget, you know? Never forget. Never, never forget. I can't, I can't wait to put some nice sad music to a scene or to a mm. uh, our, our next death. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. All right. Well, um, do you have uh, anything else to add about this minute? I don't think so. And if you don't either, let's uh, hit up the old weekly recommends. Yeah. All right. I'll go first. Okay. What do you have <laughs> okay. uh, as a recommend um, this week, Jeff? I haven't uh, watched a whole lot this week, but I'll talk about one thing I did that I enjoyed. It was a, a documentary that dropped on Netflix recently. Mm. It was, uh, it's called Cocaine Island. Mm. Have you seen that come up in your feed at all? <laughs> I haven't, even though I've watched a lot of the Narcos. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I like documentaries, um, and so maybe that's why it showed up. But um, this is a fun one. It's it's a quick watch. I think it's like 80 or 90 minutes. And um, it's about a group of, well, one guy in particular. He lives in the South. He was having, living a very successful life um, with his uh, business that he owned. The It was a construction-based business. Mm -hmm. The recession hit in 2008, and it just decimated his business. And his family went from living um, this beautiful kind of affluent lifestyle to living in a double wide trailer on a small plot of land and um he when he makes the move to this double wide he meets a bunch of interesting characters that live in his new neighborhood mm -hmm. and one of them tells him about a bag of cocaine that many years ago he had buried in an island off of i think it was puerto rico hmm. and uh that the presumably the bag of coke was still there and the guys and our our hero is like well how much coke what are you talking about here and it's revealed that it's about two million dollars worth whoa and so long story short and i don't want to give away too much but the premise of the documentary or the what actually happened that they talk about is that this guy uh, enlists a group of friends, a small group of friends, to basically try to go down there and find it. And not only if they not only find it, but they also have to set up a way to cash it in. 
right? right. Like, what are you going to do with a whole bunch of Coke if you can't sell it? Mm -hmm. So this is a true story. The documentary just kind of goes through the beats of what happened and the ups and the downs. And, you know, like in a, in a movie, this would be done by someone who had knowledge and resources and <laughs> brains. And instead we get like a bunch of hillbillies from the South trying, who have no, know nothing about drugs, trying to find a giant bag of cocaine and then broker a deal with it. And uh, it's super entertaining, uh, really interesting story and uh, a pretty easy, quick watch. So I highly recommend Cocaine Island documentary. Okay, it looks like it's called The Legend of Cocaine Island. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just to steer us away from that um, the other show, Cocaine Island, which ooh, <laughs> vastly different, <laughs> but just as good. Just as good. <laughs> so much cocaine. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was fun. It was like oh, several times throughout the movie, you just kind of go, what? You know, <laughs> like that, that was your decision or... Like the people he ends up getting wrapped up with, you're like, oh my God, like why, what did you think was going to happen here? <laughs> like it's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I love when true stories are just that wacky and just the premise alone is oh, enough yeah. to make you check it out. You know, it's, you know, stranger than, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, right? It's yeah. Like, it's absolutely one of those cases where like, you can't make this up. Like the story is so unbelievable and what they do and what they go through and how it ends. Yeah. It's, it's worthy of of the documentary treatment for sure okay yeah. awesome yeah what you got on the docket for us well i i was checking out another horror movie that i'll recommend hey, hey. turning the, you to the dark side I'm telling yeah you. so is netflix as soon as you watch yeah one thing on netflix that's horror adjacent or related or playing horror they think oh well here's another sneaky way we can trick john <laughs> watching horror movies and it works yeah they just have to for me I, I feel like really strongly connected to the, those cast members who are familiar so i was watching a, a movie about a family trying to move to um a place where they had to be really quiet otherwise these monsters would hear them wow. and, and attack them do, do you think you know what i'm going to recommend i do what I do you do. think it's a quiet place. It is not a quiet place. What? Oh, <laughs> did you watch Bird Box? No, no, no. I, oh. I feel like I choppily recommended that a few minutes ago, oh, several, okay. maybe a dozen minutes ago or so. But no, I watched a movie called The Silence, made in 2019, or at least it says <laughs> made in 2019. Clearly, clearly, clearly inspired heavily by a yeah. quiet place <laughs> you literally described the plot of a quiet place <laughs> yes i know when i was when i was reading the little blurb on netflix you know that's what it said and it sounded instantly right. familiar but it had stanley tucci as uh the father of the family who's Oh. trying to lead them away from these dangerous creatures. I think the big difference between this and A Quiet Place is in A Quiet Place, it's all them living in that world after everything's gone south. Um, but right. in, in The Silence, uh, it's different in that you're seeing the stuff happen. You're seeing the big catastrophe happen um, mm, um, in real time in, in the first act yeah and then it, you have that's something i always enjoy about those apocalyptic kind of movies whether it's zombies or plague or this kind of movie um where whatever the premise is i i am totally that rubbernecker who wants to see all the the chaos ensue and actually see it happen not just the aftermath aftermath is for like i don't know in my opinion the people who really like 
The Walking Dead, which is not something I could ever really um, sink my teeth into and, and be a huge fan of just because it's like, ah, well, the, the, all the crazy stuff's already happened. That's where I really want to see happen. And yeah. so you, you, you do have the chance to see that and you see a little bit of uh, some ne'er-do-wells um, interfering with uh, the family trying to escape and trying to find a place away from the the what do, what do you call it uh, sound based monsters right um, but I, I think it does a really good job of right making you understand oh just how terrifying that would be and how crazy of a situation that would be and you can't help but think and I guess a quiet place does this too I never saw it but from what I know is it it's one of those good horror movies that puts you in the shoes of the the people and makes you think what would I yeah. do in a situation like that oh you haven't seen the a quiet place no but i, I mean, I've, I've heard enough about it and i've heard reviews just because i try to put myself in the shoes of a me listening yeah. or watching yeah. that and there's no way i could stand something like that if i'm not able to just skip over the super scary parts yeah it's a <laughs> uh, quiet place is very good uh and it's it's yeah i i recommend it if if there's some pretty scary parts to it, but um, it's mostly just a really good like thriller, I think, mm-hmm. um, with a kind of a unique storyline. So did you feel like the silence, it sounds like it, it was good enough for you to not consider it just a, a cash grab ripoff. Like it was it was pretty good <laughs> as its own uh, story. That they did enough different. <laughs> Yeah, well, for for a cash grab ripoff, I think they did a good job, and okay. <laughs> probably what they 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 did a great job stealing. I think the premise of a quiet place, but they don't think they stole the the heart and the characters of a quiet place. There's no way that's gonna compare because everything I hear is oh the family is such this strong unit that you're invested in, in a quiet place. In this movie, you're not really invested in the family. I don't feel like, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's more fun just seeing the chaos around them and seeing how they deal with. <laughs> this monster outbreak and it, it's 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 a i would say when you watch the opening you're immediately going to think of found footage movies and you might think oh my god is this gonna be a found footage movie no no not at all do not worry worry not hmm. they use it to great effect just to introduce the the big bads but yeah that's the silence nice okay i'll have to put it on the list yeah yeah so where do we find you online there carl hungus hello my dispatcher says there's something wrong with dinah Kava. Oh, you can find me on the Twitter, Carl, capital K, Carl, <laughs> underscore, capital H, Hungus. Get it right. <laughs> My name is Carl, you should be an expert. I'm on the Twitters. Come find me there. <laughs> Did you put a 314 at the end? Oh, 314, okay. yes. Capital K, Carl, underscore, capital H, Hungus, 314. All right. Carl Hungus Pie. Yep, Love it. there I am. You'll find me. Yeah, and if you have some uh, horror recommends that, I can check out now that I'm kind of elevating myself a little bit uh, towards other genres like horror, then let us know at the Predator Minute listeners palapa. Uh, you can also email the show, predatorminute at gmail.com, or check out any uh, latest posts on Twitter at Predator Minute. So for Predator Minute for this week, Minute 38, I've been John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Quit, <laughs> quit sandbagging it. Come on, sweetie. Stop sandbagging it. Now get up. <laughs> sandbagging it, John. <laughs>